Welcome to the Metropolitan UMC Podcast. We are located at 3385 Metropolitan Church Road in Indian Head, Maryland. Our pastor is the Reverend Daryl K. Mason Sr. And now, today's podcast. Verses 51 through 62. Luke, the ninth chapter, verses 51 through 62. And this is how it reads. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he said, then he and his disciples went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the bury, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we shall say thanks be to God. Amen. Just for a moment, I want to come from the thought of shoes for the journey. Shoes for the journey. Just sing it with me. I worship you. You are here turning lives around. You are here turning lives. Turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. Now you all know this one. What is he? He's a way, way maker. Come on, sing with me. Way maker, miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, we're going to stay right here until we end it. One more time, Waymaker. 
maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Last time, Waymaker and Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Amen. Come on, give God a hand, praise. We thank you. Amen. As we look at our post, or some still say current COVID-19 economic situation, many people have reported that they are getting rent renewal notices. However, they are seeing that the price and the amount of the rent has increased astronomically. People don't know why. We look at our economic situation and we see that we are on the verge of, or some say that we are in the in middle of a recession. Some people are unable to pay this high amount of rent unable to find housing. Some are making adjustments and will pay the increased rent, but there is that minority or maybe a majority of people that will not have anywhere to go. Their choices will be living in their car, living in a homeless shelter and for all intents and purposes they will have no real place to lay their head sleeping in the car at walmart or in front of a 7-eleven or a wawa wherever they can find a place to lay they or in the tent yes ma'am out in the woods essentially they have nowhere to go because of their situation, they are, they're stuck. And they have to figure out a way to work through that situation. It, uh, life has committed them. In other words, because of their circumstances, not because of what they wanted, life has made a commitment for them that they must now go from pillar to post without a way to make a way for themselves. In our scripture today, Christ has said in his word that he himself doesn't have a place to even lay his head. We, we, we look at the life of Christ, we see that he's in one place. He's in another place. There, there was never a first church of Christ, at least not back then. He didn't go and sit inside one place. He, he was moving from one place to the other. You, you, one, one thing he taught us that in this walk of life, you may not be able to rest your head in one spot. You know, you know I'm not saying that, that we're not going to have our homes. I'm not saying that we're not going to find rest with our families. 
but in our spiritual ministry walk, Christ tells us that we can't rest. Christ tells us that we can't lay our heads down. Christ tells us we have to be committed to the journey. Just like a homeless person. It's not time to rest. It's time for us to be committed. What, what type of lives would we live if we knew that spiritually that we could not take a rest? What about that ministry that we wanted to start? What about that nonprofit that you wanted to start? What about that thing that you wanted to do? But what do we do? We sit back and we take, we take a rest. When we're following Christ, we have to be committed to the walk. But while you're on this walk, know that Jesus is going to take you through Samaria. We're going to talk about that. Meaning that while you're walking, it's not going to be all peaches and cream and sunshine and, and Slurpees and popcorn at the movies, seeing Top Gun and Avengers. It's not going to be about all it's, you're, you're going to have to go through Samaria. First thing I want to talk about today is on your trip. Now, let me hit the pause button real quick. If you look at our scripture, it says that Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem. J Jerusalem is his destination. And when he is on his way to Jerusalem, he decides to take the direct route. But, but the, pro the problem with the direct route is there's some people in that neighborhood that he don't like. Well, oh, I'm sorry. There's some people in the neighborhood that Jesus' people don't like. Let me put it this way. There's some folks that you want to associate with that your friends don't like. There's some people that in, in your family that, you know, you, you know, I keep talking about family reunions. You're not looking forward to going to that family reunion because Junebug going to be there. Sassy going to be there. Uh, and as you're on your way, as you are going on your journey, you're going to have to go through Samaria. To get to Jerusalem, you're going to pass through some heartaches. You're going to pass through some pain. There are going to be some people along the way that is going to make it hard. But, but, but you still got to go to Jerusalem. When you committed to your walk to the Lord, God is sending us all to Jerusalem. Jerusalem represents, obviously, our heavenly home. Jerusalem could also represent a ministry or life goal or education goal. We need to understand that when we read the word of God, it speaks multifacetedly in all areas of our lives. So there may be a Jerusalem in your life that you're trying to get to, but you got to pass through Samaria and deal with the people that are there. Oh, you see, we, we don't, we don't want to see, we don't want to deal with the people that are in Samaria. Sometimes there's some Samaritans in your household. You might have rolled with a Samaritan here in the church today. I said it before. Don't look. Don't, don't turn. Don't look. Don't give it away. Don't look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. You, you may have rolled here with some Samaritans, but, but God always puts those people in your path 
to keep you praying. God always puts those people in your path to stay on your knees. Puts people in those paths so that you keep on fasting, so that you keep on praying, so that you keep on moving, so that you keep on knowing it is only God that can get you through. There are people on your journey. And even when we look at the disciples, this is, these are people that were walking with Jesus. It says that Jesus sent them to Jerusalem. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Samaritan was the direct route to Jerusalem. This is important. If we look at other places in the Bible, we see that many times the people of God would avoid. The, you know, in, in other words, so it's like this. God, just go with me for a second. God has called us to do ministry in Baltimore. But instead of taking 301, and go straight up Crane Highway, we want to go around. You know why? Because we don't like people in PG County. We don't like people in Bowie. They not like people here in Charles County. In Charles County, see, we different here in Charles County. We got, oh, we got this, we got that. You see, you see that God is going to send you through somewhere that you don't want to go. But many times in our scripture, he's going to send you in the direct route. And when we look at the people that were here in the message, when the disciples show up, it says that they are rejected. You're going to run into some rejection on your way to Jerusalem. You're going to run into different things that are going to, peep, listen, people are going to get in your way. But what the disciples wanted to do, this is what they did. They went back to Scripture. You know, we always want to throw some scripture at some people. We always want to throw the Bible in people's faces. You see, they asked Jesus, do you want us to call down fire on them? What he was talking about, what they were talking about was this. If we look in the Old Testament, we know that Elijah called down fire. See, this is what, we were, this is what he was referring to. This is what, what they wanted. They tried to take the word of God and what was in the word of God to use it against people. Why do we always have to throw scripture in people's faces when all we got to do is love them? The word is there to support the love of God. And as soon as they get us hot, as soon as they say something to us, as soon as they cuss at us, as soon as they don't pay the money back that they owe us, as soon as they don't have a theological or political position that we don't agree, we want to call down fire on them. Jesus rebuked them and said, look, 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 just move on. See, that's our problem. We don't want to move on. We got to get our word in. You know, we always say something. You know, you ever had that person that says something that's, that's mean to you or toxic? or that tears somebody else down, and they justify by saying, well, you know, I'm just saying, oh, no, you're being messy. You're, being, you're not just saying, you're just bringing toxicity in my life. People, on the way to Jerusalem, we're going to encounter people. But Jesus says, don't try to call down fire on them. Just keep on loving them. Just keep on loving them. And, and, and then on the road to Jerusalem, there are dead things along the way 
When, when I grew up in Portsmouth, Virginia, there was, there was a path to the candy store. I called it a candy store because my great-grandmother used to send me there to get snuff. <laughs> but she used to give me enough money to buy candy. See, I couldn't count that. I, I could count okay for an eight-year-old. You know, they were sending, I'm just here. there. They're sending me to the store. I just hit me now. I'm going to buy tobacco products at eight years old. Okay, I'm sorry. That's another sermon for another time. Um, <laughs> but she used to send me to the store to get snuff. And that was a path. It was really just a grown over area that was just, needed, they just needed to cut the grass. But to me, it was a wilderness. <laughs> it was at eight years old. Yes, lions, bears, and tigers. And, and, and I remember getting that money. Now I could count enough to know that I had enough money for a Snickers bar, a Butterfinger, and a RC Coley. Y'all don't know what RC Cola is. Y'all know? Okay, okay. Okay, you got to be from the country. Okay. I knew I had enough money. But here's the problem. One day, after going back and forth, I was used to going back and forth through the path first day. I had it worked out. But as I was going through, I saw what appeared to be a squirrel. Now, a squirrel to me was like a lion <laughs> or a tiger. But as I looked down on the ground, the squirrel was like this. The squirrel was dead, y'all. I knew the squirrel was dead. But guess what? I was still scared. What if, what if the squirrel gets resurrected like Jesus? And the squirrel's going to bite me. What? what? In my mind, the squirrel, even though the squirrel was dead, I had the fears, the thoughts, the things in my mind. Listen, let me say this. Even though the squirrel was dead, I had resurrected the squirrel in my mind. When we're on our way to Jerusalem, we like to resurrect old relationships. We like to resurrect our problems that we used to have. We like to resurrect the 1986 Daryl Mason. We like to resurrect the 1992. You see, that person is dead. God has called you to a new 2022 walk and has called you to work for him. Now, stop resurrecting dead people and dead things, dead relationships, old ways of thinking. Dead things along the way. Verse 59 says this. He has said to, and I didn't know this. Been, we, you know, we've been reading the Bible for a long time. He talks to the man. He says, come and follow me. The man, listen to this. The man said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. When did the man say his father had died? 
Listen, the man's father won't dead. What he was saying, and I had to read when I was studying, I said, oh, this is what the man was trying to say. The man was trying to say, wait until my father dies. <laughs> this is what we do. If we can't find a dead person, we're going to make a dead person just so we don't have to follow Christ. The big thing is we come up with excuse after excuse. God has called us to Jerusalem. God has called us to form a nonprofit. God has called us to do things. God has called you to do something. You keep making excuses. You keep killing people. You keep resurrecting dead squirrels. You keep resurrecting. And all the way, God is calling you to Jerusalem, and you sitting there just like I was. Scared to go. But all the while, I got the money in my hand. Great-grandmother had given me the money to go get my room. See, God has the place already set for you to go. He's giving you your money. He's giving you your talents. He's giving you everything that you need. But you, look, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again, Sister Stringer. <laughs> this is how I was able to get past the squirrel. Mr. Francho, God said, just run. Uh, hey! Yeah. If you just run, If you just run, you don't have to worry about what's dead on the road. If you just run, you're moving too fast to be having fear. Just get up and run to Jerusalem and let God use you. And then, still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. I don't know. I know we have some, we have some farmers here in the building. You hear them chuckle for the Everett. <laughs> I always call out the subject matter experts before I talk about my illustration so that they don't call me out in the middle of the, oh, that's not right, Pastor. <laughs> we have to understand pushing or being behind the plow. When you are plowing, and I'm not talking about a John Deere, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about country, Alabama, Cacillac, about 18 something. You see, there used to be a horse <laughs> that would pull the plow. I think maybe in ancient times it might, have, it, it might, be, it might be a bull. So, so the, the horse gives you the power, and all you have to do is just kind of push down. And the horse will provide the power to plow the ground. The challenge is the horse 
can sometimes get off track. So not only are you pushing down on the plow, you're guiding the horse. You see, God has given you all the power that you need, but in order for the line to be straight, you have to look ahead. If you look back, trying to hope, you see, when you, what's going to happen, the line is going to be all over here, the line is going to be all, you see, the problem is, you see, when we look back, we're not looking to God. You see, the power is in front of you, uh, the power has been placed ahead of you, and if you're going to plow the ground, you can't look back and think that everything is going to work out if you're not following the power of God. Yes, ma'am. You get off track. Have to keep pushing ahead. Keep allowing God to use you. I went to an event on last night, and I got home to Stringer, and my feet were killing me. Mind you, I didn't do any dancing because your pastor can't dance. <laughs> Told y'all before, if uh, I danced in this church, we would have a new ministry that's called the comedy ministry <laughs> that would be instantly birthed once I start dancing. But, but uh, I got back home, and my feet were killing me, Melvin. I couldn't, because they, they, at the event, they was on the dance floor. They were, do, they were doing that thing. And I, I won't, oh, that was pretty good. Y'all see that? That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. I scared myself. I scared myself, Brother Datcher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for no music, right, yep. Got home, my feet were killing me. I was trying to figure out. I didn't do nothing. I just stood there and tried to look cool with this fine lady I was with. I was trying to look good. Because I ain't want nobody else looking, looking at her, trying to come. Still over, no, don't you come. We good, we good. But my feet were killing me. Feet were killing me. Got home. Was trying to figure out why my feet were killing me. And then I realized this. My shoes were too small. Now, look, <laughs> y'all laughing. Isn't that funny? My feet still hurt now. Why y'all laughing? Y'all didn't see me limping across? We, we can really go. We can really go. Five minutes, five minutes. My shoes were too small. Now, listen to me. Now, listen to all that I'm going to say before y'all look over at my wife. My wife was with me when I bought the shoes. But no, it's not her fault her fault because y'all see she's always fussing over me and making sure that I'm right you know because we represent each other and hey I, I thank God for, for my first lady my only lady and your first lady for doing amen but my shoe my shoes were too small and so as I was sitting down in my area taking my shoes off I thought about something. 
When I went to go, first lady went with me years ago. Listen, we bought these. These are tuxedo shoes. Y'all, tuxedo shoes, all the odds. Plastic shoes is shiny. That's all it is. Plastic <laughs> shoes. They shiny. But when she went with me, listen, I tried the shoes on. And she said this. How do they feel? <clears throat> now, this is what happens in life. In my own selfishness and impatientness, wanting to get out of the store. See, I don't like to go clothes shopping. Amen. I don't like to go clothes shopping. And I probably that day I had a little bit of an attitude because she made me go. And when I put on <laughs> the shoes that were too small in an effort to hurry up and get out of that store, I just said, they're going to be okay. In life, we rush into decisions. We rush and get into arguments. We get mad with people so quickly. We want to say, oh, I'm going to have nothing to do with you. No more. You know, you might be doing that prematurely. And down the road, you're going to find that when you put on those shoes, they're not going to fit right. It's going to give you some pain and heartache, and you're going to be just like me. Well, why are my feet hurt? Why am I so depressed? Why won't my mama call me? Why can't I call my brother? Oh, what's going on with me? Why am I going through so much pain? Oh, it's because your shoes don't fit. Your shoes don't fit. Shoes for the journey. So Pastor Kermit Moore and Earl Jordan have drugged me back out on the tennis court. Oh, what a sight that is to behold. I'm glad you can't get three strikes in tennis because I, be, I would be out. <laughs> Miss Balls are. But the one thing that I did do right before I got out on the tennis court, I called my son Joshua. For those of you that don't know my son, Joshua started his own shoe business at the age of 13. He was selling shoes on eBay. Selling shoes, putting money away, and not telling me about it. He wasn't hiding it. He said, Pop, well, you never ask. You never. <laughs> and he was, he was doing good. He found, I said, oh, you need to give me a loan. You're doing good. But my son Joshua knows everything about shoes. He can tell you about the Nikes. He can tell you about uh, what year the Jordan came out. And then it turned out, listen, listen, his first job was at a Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, he went there. He did well. But he's the first person that I called. I said, hey, look, I, I, I know. I'm, look, I'm getting ready to get back out on the tennis court. Uh, do I just wear my running shoes? Because he gave me some running shoes. So, hey, look, Dad, you need to go buy these running shoes. He said, Pop, no. You have to get the right shoe <laughs> for the right situation that you're working in. You got to get the right shoe. So he sent, me, he sent me a link 
of the shoe that I needed. Man, I got on that court. I was feeling good. I was, uh, 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 but listen, the whole time I was playing, even though I was smacking balls over the fence, even though I was missing balls, even though I looked a mess, but guess what? My feet felt good. See, that's what Jesus is trying to tell you. In life, you're going to go through problems. You're going to go through situations. You're going to miss things. But listen, oh, if you would just call the shoe master. Oh, if you would just call Jesus. Oh, this is a little added trick. I won't charge you for it. Oh, my son Joshua. Joshua's name translated is really Jesus. If you do the research. Oh, if you just call Jesus, the number one shoemaker, then you will have shoes for the journey. Give God a hand, praise. <clears throat> Amen. Maybe there's someone that's listening today, and your feet is hurting. Ain't no other way to say it. Your feet is hurting. Because you know, when your feet hurt, y'all trying to be, let me say it. I want to say it. Your legs hurt. <laughs> I'm just messing with y'all. <laughs> Your back hurt. Everything. I'm serious. My feet still hurt now. Really, y'all keep laughing. For two hours of the wrong shoes. What does that mean for five years of the wrong shoes? What does that mean for 10 years of the wrong shoes? So, maybe you want to talk to the heavenly shoe master, and the heavenly shoe master's name is Jesus. We want to offer Christ for you today. And as the worship team comes at this time, I want to pray the prayer of salvation. Wherever you are, you can be in the building. You can be on Facebook or Zoom. You don't have to come down. You don't have to raise your head. This is a private time with you and the Lord. So pray with me at this time if you don't know the Lord. You can pray with me right in the privacy of your home, your kitchen table, wherever you are, or in the building. You can pray with me in the building. You can pray to yourself. Dear Father, I know I'm a sinner. For too long, I have run from your presence. Right now, I accept that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and that you raised him to life. I will follow him from this day forward. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer, you just gave your life to Christ. We invite you to continue connecting with us here on Facebook, on Zoom, come in person. And we invite you to become a, a part of our metropolitan family, but you, you don't have to. If you're not able to get to us, we ask that you connect with the church 
that's near you. But if you want to be a part of our fellowship virtually, we can arrange that as well. The idea is this. Go connect with somebody that's walking with the Lord. Because on your way. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church and ministries, please visit us at www.metroumcindianhead.com. Until next time, peace and blessings.